Hey champions, and welcome back to another podcast. Last week we talked about how iteration played a big part in designing Welcome to Jailara. This week, I want to tackle another topic, which is about the tone of the set. It may not have seemed like a lot went into the transition between Phase 1 and Phase 2, but it did. We went from very unstructured, chaotic approach to design in Phase 1 to a more focused and direct approach in Phase 2. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Phase 1 and Phase 2, go back and listen to last week's podcast. Before I get into the nitty-gritty details about this, I want to give a huge shout-out to our supporters on Patreon. We still have one signed pre-alpha epic rare that we are giving away to the next Patreon supporter. It is Purifying Wave, signed by Demian himself. These signatures weren't easy to come by because it involves a lot of shipping things across the ocean and hoping to get it back. Some stuff was lost along the way, so if you want the signed card, you have to be the next person to sign up. Also, next month next month's premiere promo is the anime Nubia. So sign up soon if you want to make sure that you get that for August. And one more thing, don't forget our championship in November where you have the chance to win $1,000 by getting in first place. There will be a lot more prizes for the event, so even if you aren't certain about your abilities to come in first, come out anyways. It's a free event. We'll be There will be so much going on, and trust me, you will love it. Okay, back to the topic at hand. When we were in phase one, we made nearly 60 or 70 cards, but there was no cohesive pattern. You had no sense what the set was about. This was a challenge because we had no way of telling the story of Jailara. We knew we wanted we would have particular story pieces that would represent each city and some of the key things that depict life there. But we didn't have anything that pointed in a single direction. We were just going everywhere with each card we made. This would have left you, the players, a bit in the dark the same way Beta does. From the Beta set, do you get a good vision of what the world is about? Do you really know what each city represents and why? If you do, that's awesome, because even the game designers were a little lost on this topic. I was adamant that I wanted a clearer focus for the set. I knew we wouldn't be able to bring the same focus and attention to the story as some of our competitors, but that shouldn't stop us. As long as Welcome to Jailara was better than Beta, that's all that mattered. So how did we make J better? The key here was to pick a tone that was interesting enough for the players, but not super complex. I recognized that most players were still quite new to the game, and adding a lot of complexity early on could harm the feeling of it. So we started at the roots of the world, the affiliations. Once we knew we wanted to focus on the affiliations, Bellum, Thymos, Axon, and Chaos, we had had to clearly define what the all represented. Each affiliation could take up a podcast on their own, but a high level, here's what they all represent. Sorry, I need some water. Alright, for Bellum, we knew it would stand for belief. Not just a belief in a divine being or some sort of religion. No, it had to be more than just that. We wanted Bellum to be more than just the righteous ones. So we focused on three key areas. We knew that part of it 
was going to be the belief and a spiritual structure, but also we wanted there to be a belief in combat training and a belief that power comes from controlling a balance between magical and physical abilities. For Thymos, we knew that this was going to be about emotions. That was there from the very beginning. The hard part was figuring out which emotions to focus on because we couldn't focus on all of them. So we picked these three. The emotion of rampage, the emotional connection to the world, and the emotional connection to each other. Basically, rage and love. Axon was interesting. Most people would assume it's about knowledge, but we steered in a different direction and went with control. Control gives us much more design space to work with and can lead to more interesting concepts. The areas of control we focused on are control of time and space, control of the mind, and control over the elements of the world. For chaos, we knew we didn't want to be stereotypical here and make it about something sinister or evil. We made it a bit vaguer and went with power. And as any Buffy fan knows, it's all about power. Those who don't have it will always be afraid of those who do. And that's the key about chaos. We focus on three types of power. Raw physical power, occult power, and coercive power. After we decided what we what was going to go into the affiliations, we now had a direction that could point the team uh, that I could point the team at, and they could just start working on it full speed. It was amazing to see the work they produced and how it all started to align under a single vision. But there's still one more thing I need to add, something that I've taken a lot of slack over, but I feel was truly necessary our one and only thematic mechanic in this set, the elemental damages. Yes, I agree. It feels a little clunky and unwieldy right now, but this is something that I'm really passionate about. Actually, this stems from a a podcast from Mark Rosewater, where he talked about the 10 or 20 things he would change about magic if he were to remake the game from the beginning. And one thing he mentioned was the fact that he would add elemental damages. The issue is, once the game gets too big, you can't go back and retroactively add uh, add that because you would have to erita too many cards. So adding it at the beginning of the game allows you to have the creative design space as the game grows to do it in the future. But that's something I feel we've just started leveraging in Jlara. For example, Firehill is one card I'm really excited about for the next set. First off, let's talk about the naming of the card. Fire, spelled P-H-Y-R, is an area right uh, right by Ajna and is the previous, previous home of the Phoenix. This hill holds a nest where it would have been resurrected, but instead Fong was. Secondly, look at the build mechanic. Most alterations have a creative mechanic, which allows you to place it anywhere in the arena. However, with those alterations, you can't activate those abilities right away. With Firehill, you are building it right underneath you and allowing you to take advantage of it right away. The last and my favorite part about this card, the feel of the card. As long as something is on it, it activates giving that thing fire attribute and everything around it fire weakness. 
This has a really cool King of the Hill feel to it. And that's just a fun thing to have in a CCG. This card has a lot of amazing aspects to it. And I hope you're excited to play with it soon. Okay, I actually had a lot more I wanted to cover in this cast. But I think it's getting a bit long. I wanted to talk more about the elemental mechanic and some of the really cool concepts that we're going to drive in for the next set, but I guess that just has to be a cast for another day. Until then, bye for now.